It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Week 5 was kind of a crazy week. I mean, you see all those primetime games? All of them were just nuts. All of them. I mean, you know, start Thursday, we've already kind of talked about it with the broken fingers of the quarterbacks and start off slow. And then, man, after that, just kind of picked up. Then you had the Sunday night game with the Chiefs and the Bills, and the Bills just dominating the Chiefs, and that was a high-scoring game, and then you had the game tonight with the Colts and the Ravens, where, I mean, both teams just kind of went off, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, it was just nuts, and then, uh, you know, the Sunday morning game with the Falcons and the Jets, where it was tight end haven for the Falcons, between uh, Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts, both getting touchdowns. And uh, Falcons squeaking past the Jets in England. Uh, you know, if if we're trying to market the game to England, uh, I mean, we need to come up with some better games. I mean, we got the Falcons and the Jets, not uh, not teams with uh, big national fan bases. But the issue is both of them aren't having very good seasons. And uh, we're like, here, England, here, get get our crappy teams and watch them play, and you know, start start liking the NFL. And, uh, you know, this coming up week, it's Jaguars and uh, Miami. So you you have that matchup. It's like, put that out there in, in London and and enjoy it. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like we're trying to market the game uh, worldwide, and then the, uh, the games that we give them are, <laughs> you know, our worst. It's like games that uh, people wouldn't go to stateside. And we expect England to jump for joy and, and just like it. It'd be like, uh, I don't know, England sending us Accrington Stanley and, uh, uh, I don't know, Sheffield Wednesday or something uh, as a soccer match and us being able to watch that and getting all excited about it. Um, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But anyway, uh, the Vikings-Lions game, I thought that was going to be a high-scoring game, and it wasn't. That was actually a really low-scoring game. Kind of disappointed in the Vikings, and actually the Lions, too. I mean, Jared Goff played horrible. Really bad game. It's like the, the Lions, you, you keep thinking that they're going to get off to Schneid and actually get a win, and then they don't. And uh, You know, they play well, but they, you know, get outscored or, you know, they, they play bad, and <laughs> they still almost win. It's it's weird. The Saints in the Washington football team game, Alvin Kamara just went off. Jameis Winston actually had a good game. And uh, Deontay Harris, my man Deontay Harris. I had him in the FanDuel lineup, and he gets a 72-yard touchdown and then proceeds to get hurt. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to complain about a 72-yard touchdown because that's all you really need, but... It's disappointing that I felt like he could have done more, especially after watching Callaway get two touchdowns. Patriots and Texans, I don't want to talk about this game. I was all over that Patriots D. All like That's all I really talked about. 
and uh, FanDuel-wise, that's all I played. And then they just laid an egg against the Texans. Like, they almost lost against the Texans. I don't know what uh, what the Texans, what type of plan they had. Uh, I mean, I know I got they got their GM from the, the Patriots, but, uh, man, this was... This was a bad look for that Patriots team. And then Damian Harris fumbling at the one-yard line. I had him in my fantasy lineups, and I'm like, man, I'm about to get two touchdowns from Damian Harris. And, man, eight-point swing, fumble. And it was actually ruled a touchdown, and they reviewed it. So Dolphins, Buccaneers, I mean, Tom Brady did what we know he's capable of doing. And uh, they just dominated the Dolphins. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, both getting two touchdowns each. Leonard Fournette getting a touchdown. And then the Dolphins, you know, Miles Gaskins made an appearance. First appearance all season. And most people have dropped him by now. Well, I'm thinking maybe you should pick him up because the Dolphins actually have an easy schedule the rest of the way, at least when it comes to run defenses. And uh, if they're going to start using Miles Gaskins like they need to, uh, he might have some value now. Bengals-Packers, you know... I, you just got to like the Packers. You knew they would come out strong, and they did what they were supposed to do. Steelers-Broncos. I mean, Steelers kind of dominated most of that game, and then the Broncos went to hurry up offense and almost pulled pulled it off. Like, it came down to the last seconds. It was an interception in the end zone, and, uh, you know, what happened to the Steelers? They almost choked down, you know, at the end of the game, and uh, it's good to see that fight in the Broncos. And the Broncos will be a decent team. I mean, they're they're right on that fringe, so they'll be you know close to making the playoffs I think all year and maybe just be outside of that uh, that uh, top seven, but it'll be close and uh, they they have a great defense, so I think anything's possible. Panthers Eagles, I mean Panthers really just got upset by the Eagles. Now they've lost two in a row, and this isn't the same Panthers team. You know it makes a big difference when Christian McCaffrey's not playing. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, you, you thought maybe he uh, would have a monster game and. I mean, he had some yards, and he did okay, but uh, definitely not a McCaffrey-like performance. Uh, maybe, I don't know, he's kind of a disappointment in that regard. What Didn't get any touchdowns. And the Eagles, I mean, this is a tough matchup. So Jalen Hurts, you know, fantasy football-wise, he did all right with his numbers, but, uh, you know, and he did enough to beat the Panthers. Panthers have a really good defense. And, I mean, it just gets easier for the Eagles, I think. I mean, obviously this week it doesn't <laughs> at all going against Tampa Bay. But uh, I think after this week, you know, uh, things are starting to look up for the Eagles. Jaguars, Titans, it's Derrick Henry. We said he'd have a monster game, and he did have a monster game. Uh, one of the top performances, actually. But that's predictable, you know. Derrick Henry, Jaguars, you put them in there. And then the Chargers-Browns game was, I mean, they'd still be scoring. It's just ridiculous how fast and furious that was. That game was what you do when you're, you're playing video game. I mean, 47-42, you don't see that in the NFL very often. And it was it was fun. There's a lot of good, cool plays. You know, that two-point conversion that Baker Mayfield did to Hooper was nice. Hollywood Higgins got in the act. I've been building him up, thinking he should be more involved with Juice Landry out, and they finally incorporated him a little bit more. Nick Chubb dominated. Uh, Kareem Hunt had a, a great uh, had a great game. Then on the other side, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, both had Austin Eckler. I mean, 
Donald Parham made an appearance. I, I really like Donald Parham. I liked him at the beginning of the year, and now it's he's had uh, two touchdowns in a row, back-to-back weeks. So uh, maybe he's a streaming tight end option you might want to think about down the road here. Anyway, Bears-Raiders, this was kind of a surprise. I was expecting all Raiders in this one, especially them playing at home, and it didn't happen. The Bears with Justin Fields... Uh, they they dominated. Well, they didn't dominate, but they won this one. And really, the Raiders couldn't do anything in this in this game. Uh, Hunter Renfro was kind of a disappointment. I mean, all the Raiders receivers were kind of disappointments. Josh Jacobs. I mean, uh, Derek Carr had a horrible game. It's just one of those games you weren't expecting, and all of a sudden the Bears are presenting like a good football team. And maybe the Bears are a good football team. I mean, their offense hasn't been playing very well. Their defense has been great, though. And the more Justin Fields plays, the more comfortable their offense is starting to look. So maybe the Bears are for real. And they look like they're you know they're a better team than the Lions and Vikings right now. Bears have a chance. So I was uh, sorry that I, I doubted them beginning of the season. Cardinals 49ers. This is a Cardinals 49ers game. You see the talent on both sides. You see how they haven't been playing great on defense, and you're like, man, this is going to be a high-scoring game with a lot of action on both sides. And then the game is played, and it's a defensive battle, and nobody does anything. And that's how this kind of was. I mean, James Conner got his touchdown run. This is like the third week in a row. Uh, He's been doing great, actually, for the Cardinals. But, uh, yeah, overall, this was just a defensive game, and the Cardinals are 5-0. I would have never believed that they were going to be the only undefeated NFL team left. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have believed it. But here we are, and the Cardinals look like they're definitely a a team that uh, can make some noise this year. Cowboys and Giants, I don't want to talk too much about it. I mean, Diggs, that was kind of awesome that he's had another interception. So that makes five straight games in a row. And that's the longest streak since 1970 for the Cowboys. So... Uh, you don't see a lot of interceptions in general in the NFL these days. So for one player to be getting a hold of the ball like this is really impressive. Uh, Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, monster game. Uh, CD Lamb got a touchdown uh, just all around. Giants, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. They're just a bad team right now. And, uh, you, you know, you give a, they give you some hope that they could uh, do some things, and then they don't. And... I think I've been uh, maybe a little over uh, over optimistic about the Giants and their team, and maybe under uh, underestimated the Cowboys a little bit. And they're a lot better team than what I anticipated. Like I said, I always thought they had talent, but just putting that together and they're uh, they're putting it together. Bills and Chiefs, Colts and Ravens. We've already talked about those primetime games, so we won't get into those again. But uh, Great games that were full of excitement and a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, high scoring as well, especially for fantasy football purposes. Going into the breaking news, this is a pretty, uh, pretty, you know, there's a lot of injuries and things that we want to talk about. First thing is Saquon Barkley, lower ankle sprain. It looks like he'll be missing some weeks, but that actually is a best-case scenario for the for the Giants because it looked like uh, from the the game that he might be out for a long time and uh, you hated to see it 
you know, definitely looked like it was going to open the uh, open the door for Devontae Booker to come in and, and and do some things for this Giants offense. But now, you know, I'm not so sure on Devontae Booker. I mean, they have some tough run defenses, and maybe by the time they face a decent run defense where it looks like production could be had, uh, Barkley might be back. So, well, let's definitely have to monitor that situation. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he got hurt during the game. His knee, don't know the extent of that yet. That really opens the door for Daryl Williams. Uh, Daryl Williams is the better back anyways. I mean, they've been sticking by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because he was the first-round pick, but don't kid yourselves, Daryl Williams is the better running back. So this is actually a bonus for the Chiefs. But again, it's you hate to see something like this because of injury. So we'll have to see what type of injury Edwards-Hilaire has and uh, I guess move on from there. Juju Smith-Schuster dislocated his shoulder on an end-around. Looked like he was in significant pain. This is really bad news for the Steelers. He was kind of their safety valve over the middle when uh, Ben was in trouble. And now it's it's like the security blanket, you know? He's not going to have that security blanket, and he's uh, going to be scared of the monsters under the bed. And uh, I guess maybe this will open the door for Ebron and Freermuth a little bit. Uh, maybe they can take up some of that slack over the middle. But uh, Ben kind of avoided the middle like the plague anyway. So now that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is not there, I, I don't see, you know, I really see him ignoring the middle. So this is going to kind of hurt their offense. And so hopefully maybe James Washington, who, you know, didn't play last week because he was hurt, uh, maybe he can step up and, uh, you know, make you know keep the, the train rolling because Steelers' offense has been pretty bad this year and uh, they were looked like on uh, Sunday they were just starting to get into the, their groove. Uh, the biggest news of the day, well, and actually of the week, John Gruden, he uh, went to the principal's office, which is, uh, you know, the, the Raiders' front office, and Davis, the owner, was like, John, we're going to fire you or you can resign. And John Gruden's like, I will resign. And obviously I don't know if that's what happened, but that's what it looked like, you know, the the exact scenario of what it looked like uh, happened. Um, I just got to say one thing. Don't ever put anything on company emails. I mean, what was John Gruden thinking? First off, what was he thinking, thinking those things in the first place? But second, I've worked at a lot of companies, and I don't put anything on my work emails, ever. I mean, even, I mean, his was homophobic, misogynistic, race, uh, racial, like all the above. Like he checked all the boxes on a work email. Like you don't do that. Ever. So, John Gruden deserves everything he's getting. He needs to be fired. Just for the stupidity alone. And the fact that he thinks those things and he puts them in the email. But having said that, you know, NFL definitely has their own agenda a little bit in this. Like, you know, he was really critical of Goodell. And, uh, you know, so they go back 10 years and find these emails to throw out to the court of public opinion where they knew what was going to happen, that there'd be an outrage and it would force the Raiders to fire or, you know, like in this case, have him resign from uh, head coach of the Raiders. So NFL is like acting like they're doing the right thing, which they are doing the right thing, but they're doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. It's really to be vindictive and get back at Gruden more than it is, you know, that, they found these emails and they want to do the right thing. And I, again, Gruden should be fired. That was stupid. I don't like anything that he put in those emails. But, uh, you know, look at the NFL uh, 
the the empire that is the NFL, protecting the the shield. Like, oh, you're criticizing us. We're gonna go back ten years, find these emails, and uh, you know, let you have yours. And uh, that's what happened. So I, I definitely, again, I, I think the uh, NFL is. They could have been do. They they could, they could have done something about this a long time ago, and they waited till now to do it. Um, and don't. And another thing is, is I think this happens a lot in a lot of different organizations and front offices. I don't think this is a John Gruden uh, situation. I think this happens a lot more than we think in these organizations, and a lot more should be exposed. But uh, you know, getting rid of John Gruden doesn't, I think, do anything to this problem. I think it it runs rampant, and uh, the NFL needs to do something about that. And uh, maybe John Gruden's a start. Or maybe he's a scapegoat and they're going to let uh, everyone else get away with it. So we'll see. But uh, that's just my two thoughts on that. I definitely think the NFL is a little too calculated to, uh, you know, just to happen to stumble upon these emails and decide to do something about it. Uh, but that's the breaking news. Now let's get on to some, uh, you know, a little more, a little more fun stuff that, uh, you know, we like to get into. The Burke and Miz. Goats of the week. Here we go. And who are these goats? Let's start talking about it. Number three is none other than Tom Brady himself. I thought he'd have a big game, but I think he was going to have this big of a game. You know, sometimes Brady struggles against the Dolphins, but apparently that's only when he played for the Patriots. Tom Brady was... 30 for 41, 411 yards, and five touchdowns. Had one run for 13 yards, but, man, just overall really dominant performance. I mean, five touchdown passes, two to Mike Evans, two to Antonio Brown, just uh, Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things. And the ageist wonder, I mean, I can't believe how old he is. Like, he's one of the few quarterbacks that's older than me. And uh, I watch him do what he does, and it's pretty impressive. You know, so number two, Justin Herbert, Chargers. I mean, he's coming on up in the world. People are starting to think maybe he's better than Mahomes. And, uh, you know, there's some injury concern with uh, his injury last year. But, man, he's he's coming on with a vengeance. Uh, you know, that arcade or video game type game that they had against Cleveland. 26 for 43, 398 yards. Four touchdowns, and then he ran the ball four times for 29 yards and a touchdown. So uh, Justin Herbert just doing Justin Herbert type things, and this you know this is going to continue. I mean, because I thought the Browns were a pretty good matchup that might be able to limit him a little bit, but I don't. <laughs> there's no limitations for Justin Herbert. He's uh he's limitless. <laughs> Number one is Lamar Jackson. Just uh, had the game uh, just finished tonight. 37 for 43, 442 yards, and four touchdowns. 14 rushes for 62 yards. And Lamar Jackson just is, man, he just was doing everything. Like, he was, he's a one-man crew. I mean, he got those two touchdowns to uh, Mark Andrews, got the two to Hollywood Brown, and then obviously the overtime one to Hollywood Brown to win the game. And the Ravens are off to a 4-1 start. And they haven't been looking necessarily impressive doing it, but 4-1 and one is 4-1, and one, so it doesn't matter. 
and uh, just a, a great game by the Ravens in this one. And they were at home, so you know made the home uh, home fans happy. But uh, that performance by Lamar Jackson was just uh, yeah, one for the ages in, in prime time, nonetheless. At running back, obviously the number three running back was in that same game, you know, the Charger game, the video game, Austin Eckler for the Chargers. He rushed the ball 17 times for 66 yards and two touchdowns. But then he also caught all of his targets for 53 yards and a touchdown. And this is the second week in a row that Austin Eckler's just been pretty impressive. So, uh, you know, number three star or goat of the week definitely deserved it. Number two is Jonathan Taylor. And again, a game that just ended the uh, Indianapolis Colts running back against the Baltimore Ravens in a losing effort. He, like right off the bat, had that 76-yard touchdown catch. And overall, he had 116 yards receiving with the in that touchdown. But then uh, rushing was 15 for 53 and a touchdown. So great performance by Jonathan Taylor. But uh, again, in that losing effort. And then number one, I mean, Derrick Henry... We can just stop. I mean, I even predicted that Derrick Henry would have the best game uh, in uh, all of football this week. And, I, I mean, I'm not bragging about that because everyone did. I mean, he's just at the point now where he these are the things you expect from him. He had 29 rushes for 130 yards and three touchdowns. They, uh, again, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, Derrick Henry, if he dominates anybody, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he... Definitely did it again, so good for Derrick Henry. Moving on to wide receiver, the number three receiver. Again, it was the game that just ended. Just kind of shows you what type of high-powered game that this was. But uh, Hollywood Brown, in you know, getting the overtime clincher, he was uh, targeted ten times, had nine catches for 125 yards, and the two touchdowns. So, uh, I mean... This is the second time I, I've been talking about Hollywood Brown in the last five weeks. So he's he's doing more than uh, what I thought he would this year. I thought he was going to have kind of a slow year, and he's uh, he's coming on strong. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of Hollywood Brown. He's trying to prove me wrong. Devontae Adams is the number two GOAT of the week. 16 targets, 11 catches for 206 yards, and a touchdown. And this was just insane. I mean... Basically, they are just going to Devontae Adams every every pass. And uh, he just had an amazing performance. 206 yards. I mean, it was in the winning effort beating the Bengals at, you know, in Cincinnati. So good job, Devontae Adams. Good effort by the Packers. Number one was the other, you know, the arcade video game, the Mike Williams you know, I thought he was going to do something last week. He didn't, but uh, he saved it all for this week. He was targeted 16 times and only caught half of those targets at eight, but he had 165 yards and two touchdowns, and uh, they needed every bit of that because they just squeaked by the Browns in this one. So Mike Williams, number one wide receiver of the week, and um, quietly Mike Williams is turning into a wide receiver one, so he's in line for a big payday, and I obviously he's going to get it. I mean, he just, this is, he's had one bad performance in the five weeks so far. So, tight end, number three tight end is Dawson Knox in that Buffalo-Kansas City game. He was only targeted four times, but he had three catches for 117 yards and the touchdown. 
touchdown was a long one. He had another long catch. I mean, for three catches, this is what you kind of want. And it you know, caused him to be the uh, number three goat of the week. Number two goat of the week, David Joku. Caught all of his targets. Targeted seven times, seven receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown. And this is an out-of-the-blue performance because the Browns have like three tight ends, but uh, Joku was the one that uh, was most uh, proficient in this one. And, again, this was just back and forth. Like, it didn't even have defense in this game. It was just back and forth, you know, who can get down the field faster to score a touchdown. And then, uh, you know, it was like a race. Like, we got down there in three seconds. Well, we're going to get down there in two seconds and – you know, it definitely was a video game type game. Mark Andrews, Baltimore against the Colts. He, uh, man, he was targeted 13 times. 11 catches, 147 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, I knew he had a game, but I didn't realize he was targeted 13 times. Like, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. So I'm pretty impressed. Because usually I, I see the stats before I uh, talk about them. And, and I did for all everybody except for uh, Andrews. Uh, in regards to the targets. And you're getting targeted 13 times at tight end. That's just insane. Uh, monster day for Mark Andrews. And again, the Ravens won, so uh, good for them. But uh, that kind of wraps up our Ghosts of the Week. Now let's get to the Ghosts of the Week and see uh, what the, our disappointments were for Week 5. Burke and Ms. the Wiz Maltobon, Ghosts of the Week. Let's get this started. Now it's time for our scary performances, and these are some really scary performances. Our number three ghost of the week was Derek Carr. He was 22 for 35 for 206 yards, no touchdowns, threw an interception, and rushed three times for 10 yards. And this was in the loss to the Bears. I don't have a lot to say about this. I mean, no one really stepped up for the Raiders on offense. This was just a really bad game, and Derek Carr, you know, he looked bad. And bad as the team, I guess. You know, as Derek Carr goes, the Las Vegas Raiders go. Number two, Ghost of the Week, Zach Wilson for the Jets. Now, Zach Wilson's been on this list quite a bit, but uh, he had another pretty mediocre performance. 19 for 32 for 192 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Rushed the ball once for three yards. I mean, against the Falcons, you thought maybe this would be a turnaround-type game where, you know, like he had against the Titans, but it wasn't to be. And, you know, they hung in there. I mean, the Jets scored 20 points, but it wasn't because of Zach Wilson. Uh, and, and I would guess I would argue that they lost this game because of Zach Wilson's play. And then our number one ghost of the week is Detroit Lions quarterback Jared Goff. I mean, it doesn't get worse than this. He was 21 for 35, 203 yards. Zero touchdowns and an interception. So this was in the losing effort. So even if he played halfway decent, I think they win this game because they lost by two to the Vikings. So you hate to see it, but uh, Jared Goff is definitely deserving, uh, you know, to be one of the uh, the ghosts of the week after the performance that he had. Going down with the uh, going down to the running backs, our number three running back ghost of the week was Melvin Gordon against the Steelers. 
and he was pretty much non-existent. I mean, nine carries for 34 yards, had two catches for nine yards, and that was it. That was all Melvin Gordon did. So he got you a whole three points. Javante Williams definitely was the better back in this one, and hopefully they start going more to Javante Williams because Melvin Gordon just uh, hasn't been getting it done. So moving on to the number two ghost of the week, that would be Devin Singletary, Buffalo Bills. Now, this was a great game, uh, high scoring, a lot of offense, but not uh, not for... <laughs> Sorry, not for Devin Singletary. They're using Zach Moss a lot more. Devin Singletary's kind of starting to get phased out more and more each game. But he had six rushes for 25 yards. Was targeted twice, had one catch for negative two yards. So, I don't know. I like to get more than two points from my running back. And that's all that Devin Singletary got you. So, you can't be too happy. But then our number one. And usually, again, I don't usually go to injury for this, but uh, I definitely had to in this one because I felt like he had a lot of chances to be productive before his injury. And it's Clyde Edwards-Solaire for the Chiefs. He was carried the ball seven times for 13 yards, which isn't even two yards a carry, and uh, was targeted twice, caught one pass for 11 yards. And that's pretty much a synopsis of Clyde Edwards-Solaire's season. Uh, he hasn't met expectations, and at this point you can... Can you, I don't know, can you throw out the bust word? I don't really want to, but it's kind of trending that way with him. And especially now with him being injured, I really think they just need to leave Daryl Williams in there because he's the better back. But, I mean, it was a pretty sad performance by Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, you know, I hate that he got injured. I, I wanted to see more of him throughout the year, maybe see if uh, he started uh, improving as the season went along. But, uh I don't know. we got to see what his injury is and see if how, how significant it is for sure. So moving along to the wide receivers, our number three wide receiver is Odell Beckham Jr. This was a high-scoring game, like we talked about it. It was like a video-type game, video game-type game. And he was targeted three times, had two catches for 20 yards. Now, you just Odell Beckham could be dropped at this point. Like, if if you have him on your roster why do you have him on your roster? You shouldn't be keeping him on your roster. Like, he'll have, like, that one game where you're like, man, I can't believe I dropped him. He, You know, but that will be it. That will be the only game that he does anything, and the rest of the time you're wondering why you're, you know, basically carrying garbage on your roster. Uh, but he's our number three ghost of the week. Really bad game. Then our moving along to our number two ghost of the week, Brandon Cooks for Houston. And I don't blame Brandon Cooks on this one because he's reliable – I mean, he's worked with any type of quarterback and, and gotten results, but Davis Mills apparently is his kryptonite because he's the one quarterback that can't get Brandon Cooks going. Can't get Brandon Cooks cooking. Five targets, three receptions, 23 yards, and he definitely deserves our number two ghost of the week. And then moving to our number one ghost of the week. And there's actually a lot of options here. Because there's a lot of guys that uh, did absolutely nothing. But I'm going with Cole Beasley against the Chiefs. We expected more from Cole Beasley. And he didn't do anything. So, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders got the, the two touchdowns and got most of the targets. Stephon Diggs was a little disappointing, but obviously not in the realm of 
what Cole Beasley did. So I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm, he, he got you zero points, I guess is, it's a nice way of saying he basically got you zero points. And uh, he was targeted twice, got one catch, five yards. I, five yards. I mean, I guess he got you point five. I mean, if you're in a PPR, it's one point. Um, but yeah, this Cole Beasley thing, like he's having a horrible season. You know, and it started with him being kind of outspoken at the beginning of the year. Of like, I'm not doing masks, I'm not doing vaccines. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not giving you health advice or I'm not getting political. I just, uh, ever since he, he did all that stuff, it's just been downhill from here and Cole Beasley's having a miserable year and he definitely deserves our number one ghost of the week. Tight end wise, man, there's a lot of tight ends that qualify as well. You know, I, I, I like talking about the top performances and then some of the surprise performances like uh, David uh, Darnold Parham and for the Chargers, but we will go right into who the ghosts of the week are. Now, number three tight end is Zach Ertz for the Eagles. Now, I actually liked Zach Ertz in this matchup, and I consider starting him in some of my FanDuel lineups, and I stayed away, and thank God I stayed away because he was targeted six times, and I think this is why he definitely makes the ghost of the week list for sure. He was targeted six times. He had one catch, one catch for seven yards. Six times he was targeted. Uh, that's not going to get it done. And, uh, yeah, you pretty much deserve that number three ghost of the week. So the number two is Jawan Johnson. And, again, I thought there was potential for Jawan to really do something against the Washington football team. He was targeted once, no catches. Really didn't do anything. And uh, But nothing compares to our number one ghost of the week, Robert Tanyan. Only targeted twice in the whole game. One catch, eight yards. Uh, you know, the, the, you need you wanted him to step up against the Bengals, but the Bengals have been doing pretty good against the tight end. And Robert Tanyan, you, you know, we said he was touchdown dependent, and that probably wasn't going to hold up. So he was due for a regression. Well, he's due for a regression, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad of a regression. Like he's not even, he's a guy that you can drop as well. He's like Beckham, like Tanyan Beckham. You can drop him off your roster. They're not worth keeping at this point. And. Uh, you know, you have performances like this, you can grab that anywhere up and down the uh, waiver wire. So it's uh, disappointing, but, uh, yeah, those are our three ghosts of the week. And let's get on to the pickups of the week. Let's make your team better. Let's stop talking about who made your team worse. It's Burke and Mrs. Pickups of the Week. Let's get started. Now it's time to make your team better for week six. So let's talk about some of these pickups that you need to make this week. And at QB, I'm kind of going a different direction. Like, I want to play the quarter or pick up the quarterbacks that are going to be getting back soon. So, having said that, number three quarterback is Tyrod Taylor. You've seen what the Houston Texans look like with Tyrod. They look a lot better than they do with Davis Mills. And even though they still don't win, they're, you know, it makes all the other players, you know, around better. Like Brandon Cooks is efficient. You know, some of those running backs like Ingram look decent. But with Davis Mills, I mean, outside of, I guess, playing the New England Patriots, uh, they don't they don't look like the same team. They look like the worst team in football. With Tyrod Taylor, they still look th- like the worst team in football, but they can score some points, especially for fantasy. So uh, number two, Tua Tagovailoa is coming back. And, you know, I'm on the fence about him. 
but uh, let's see what he's like when he gets back from his injury. See if maybe he can turn this dolphin ship around. I have my doubts, but you know, with him coming back and say he does maybe explode in the second half of the season, he might be uh, good to, to have on your on your roster, especially with now some of these other quarterbacks starting to fade, like you know Bridgewater and Darnold and, and those guys. And then number one is Geno Smith because Russell Wilson's out. It'll be a couple weeks. Well, more than a week. It could be a month, month and a half. So I'm going to go with Geno Smith. I liked what I saw in his limited time with the Seahawks. Now, I don't think it makes the Seahawks a better team by any means, but I definitely think he can be fantasy relevant and could be worth a pickup. So, uh, And he's taken over a, uh, a team that has a lot of weapons, like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, Alex Collins, Chris Carter, uh, sorry, Chris Carson. Um, so... Geno Smith is the number one quarterback pickup this week. At running back, uh, I have, at number three, I have Devontae Booker. And part of that is because I don't think Saquon Barkley is out as long as we think. And, you know, these next two matchups are pretty bad the next two weeks. Uh, They've got to play the Rams next week or this coming up week. So I think you need to pick up Devontae Booker. He's a starting running back until Barkley gets back. And, you know, who doesn't want that? But uh, just temper your expectations because, he has, you know, again, he has tough matchups, and Barkley might be back by the time the easy matchups come up. Number two, I have Alex Collins for the Seahawks. That neck injury concerns me with Chris Carson, and I don't know if that's going to be a lingering – well, it's going to be a lingering thing, but I don't know if that's going to keep him out, like, on and off throughout the season. So Alex Collins is a guy I definitely want to fill that void with. So, And he's a good running back. I mean, he, uh, he can get it done. I, I don't think he's – obviously quite as good as Chris Carson or he'd be starting over him but he uh with uh Geno Smith being there they're gonna have to depend on the running game a little bit more and then number one is Daryl Williams for the Chiefs I am all in on Daryl Williams I just like him I think you know the the Chiefs running back situation they you know they weren't using the running backs very often and I think part of that was Clyde Edwards Hilaire just wasn't doing very well now that Daryl Williams is there I think they can start uh especially with how you know the Chiefs losing as much as they have been, they, they might want to, you know, reestablish that running game. And Daryl Williams will—he's—he's uh, he's a stud. He's the guy that I would want on my team out of all of them. So, uh, you know, look for Daryl Williams, get a waiver claim in on him, and uh, reap the rewards. And you know, we need to find out how long Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is out. But uh, yeah, I like Daryl Williams. Wide receiver number three, wide receiver is James Washington for the Steelers. The Steelers don't have a lot of depth right now. It's basically Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. So, having said that, James Washington's going to be that third guy, and he can catch the ball. I mean, all, all things said about him, he's a you know he can make those combat catches. And Juju Smith-Schuster is probably going to be out for the season. So, this is a long-term replacement guy that's going to be getting some targets, and is worth a pickup at this point. Number two, Kadarius Tony for the Giants. And I say that because, you know, even with the other guys coming back soon, you can't ignore the game he just had. I mean, it was insane. Like, what, 10 catches, like 189 yards or, you know, I'm throwing this off off the top of my head, but it was insane. And I just think that's the beginning of good things to come for Tony. And he definitely needs to be a pickup for your squad. And then number one. The number one pickup of the week at wide receiver 
Now, he came back and got hurt again, but Curtis Samuel. You need to start thinking about Curtis Samuel. Terry McLaurin is on one side. Uh, Curtis Samuel's in that slot. He just... So he has, so he has position flexibility. Like he just does a lot of things well. He's going to get a lot of targets once he plays. He just hasn't been healthy enough to play, and I think he's getting back on the mend and can, you know, start being a, a difference maker in your fantasy football lineup once he's uh, in the lineup consistently. So, Curtis Samuel is my number one receiver. But you know, overall in the grand scheme of things, compared to running back, not a lot of good wide receiver pickup options this week. Go moving to tight end, you know, George Kittle went to IR. Who's the backup to George Kittle? It is Ross Dwelly for the 49ers. Now, obviously we're not expecting George Kittle type of things, but Ross Dwelly is still a decent tight end that can get you some points. And with how bad tight ends have been this year, uh, Ross could maybe get you some sneaky games where he gets you points. And then number two, Mo Alley-Cox for the Colts. Like, as the season going on, he's getting more and more targets, being more and more part of this offense, and he's just a beast. Like he's, I mean, as a tight end, even he's a beast. So you got to pick him up if you're hurting at tight end. He, he had two touchdowns last week, and then just uh, tonight, you know, he was involved. He didn't have as big of a, a day, but definitely made me confident about his usage in that offense. And then number one with Logan Thomas being on IR. It's Ricky Seals-Jones. He had a bad matchup last week, and but, uh, you know, he has some decent matchups coming up, and I think he's, you know, obviously the best pickup option. The Washington football team uses the tight end position quite a bit, and uh, this could mean big things for Ricky Seals-Jones. So he is my number one pickup at tight end, and there you have it. Pick up some of these guys, and uh, you can throw them in your lineup, and, you know, depending on actually who it is and what the matchup is, uh, could be some good options and maybe better than what you have. NFL Preview Alert. The Thursday night game, this is going to be exciting. It's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is going to be a treat. It's going to be a treat. 52.5 is the over-under. I'm going to take the over. It's prime time. The way the prime time games have been going, obviously besides last Thursday, I'm going with I'm going with the over. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are favored by seven. Normally I'd take that, but the Eagles are at home, and I still don't know what to make of this Eagles team. I'm going to take the Eagles. I like getting a touchdown at home for any team. But uh, starting-wise... Jalen Hurts, you got to start him. He's going to have a monster game against the Buccaneers. Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins. I like them all. Like, start them all. And uh, that's it. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. Every person in that passing game you can start. The Buccaneers give up a lot of yards in the, you know, through the air. So the Eagles are going to take advantage of that. Start everybody. Um, you know, I'm sitting Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell. Buccaneers do stop stop the run, and... Uh, I don't, you know, with Sa the way Sanders is playing anyways, this isn't a good matchup. He's not playing well. So benched on all the running backs for the Eagles. On the Tampa Bay Buccaneers side of the ball, I mean, you're starting Tom Brady just because he's Tom Brady. Not a great matchup, but you're starting him. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, same type of thing. Not good matchups, but you're starting him. Leonard Fournette, 
he does have a good matchup against the Eagles. He can really dominate this game. So for the second week in a row, put him in your lineup. He can have another uh, same type of game like he had last week. Wouldn't surprise me. Sitting Ronald Jones, we don't. We're almost at the point where we don't even need to talk about him for start sit. So I might not even include him anymore because uh, it's definitely the Leonard Fournette show and Ronald Jones is kind of fading into the background. Cameron Brait, uh, you know, Eagles can defend the tight end position. Well, actually, they can't. But, uh, uh, well, th- they're better. They're better at defending the tight end position. So let's, let's just say that. Cameron Brait, though, the reason why I have him on the bench is not because the Eagles are bad at def- are are bad at defending the tight end. They're actually all right, and I uh, I just don't like Cameron Bray. I liked him last week. The Buccaneers scored a ton of points, and Cameron Bray was nowhere to be found or even heard of. So I uh, I don't like him in this one at all either. You know Gronkowski's hurt now, and, and they're just kind of ignoring the tight end position. And I guess it's easy to do when you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. So I get it. But uh, that's why tight ends for the Buccaneers, O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray, they could be on your bench. And that's, you know, I have Antonio Brown on the bench. And mostly because he kind of flip-flops. Like, he has a great game, and then he doesn't do much. And he has a great game, doesn't do much. And so he's kind of on the not-going-to-do-much rotation while they focus on Evans and Godwin. And then uh, maybe next week you can start him because he'll be back up on the, uh, you know, two touchdowns, 100-and-something yards, uh, you know, track again. So that's pretty much Thursday night preview of this game. Going to be fun and exciting. And, uh, yeah, go Eagles, I guess. Uh, I'm expecting them to, you know, not win, but cover. And, uh, you know, I think most of the bets are going to go the other way and and, and pick the Buccaneers and give up the points. But don't don't be those people. Take the Eagles. Take those points. All right, the early Sunday morning game, the game in London, London, England. And that's between the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's not at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Basically, the Jacksonville Jaguars just need to be London. They just, that's what it needs to be because um, the big issue with this game is, again, we're promoting really two bad teams overseas to try to gain the fans nationally and uh, – this is definitely not the matchup you want to promote. <laughs> Anyways, Dolphins are favored by three. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take the Jaguars. Jaguars are going to win this game. They're going to get their first win of the season. They're going to beat the Miami Dolphins. Give me the Jags. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take it. So give me those three points. And uh, the over-under is 44. I'm taking the over. You know, London usually is low-scoring games and pretty bad football. But I'm going. I'm taking the over on this one, and you're starting almost everybody. Actually, I'm starting everybody but the Miami receivers. Jacksonville Jaguars can defend the receivers, but uh, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, maybe I'll throw it to the tight end and running backs because he's going to have a good game. Miles Gaskins, you know, came off off the scrap heap last week to get two touchdowns, and I think he has a similar production this week. This is a great matchup for him. So it's going to be Gaskins and Gesicki, the uh, the G's. Uh, I think Mike Kosicki will uh, do really well. Jacksonville Jaguars give up a lot of points to the tight end. And uh is a good tight end. So, um, And that's really it. Like I said, Parker is hurt. So 
uh, Jalen Waddle has been disappointing. And Preston Williams, I'm putting him on there. He actually had a decent game last week. I, you know, and maybe he can have a good game this week, but I don't see it. I think he's going to be stopped this week. But he's interesting going forward as long as Will Fuller's on IR for sure. Uh, especially with Devontae Parker. He was out last week, and we'll see where he's at this week on a short week. But, uh, you know, Devontae Parker is really a sit because I'm not even sure he plays this week. So we'll see. With the Jaguars, I'm starting Trevor Lawrence. I'm starting James Robinson. James Robinson's going to have a huge game this week. A huge game. Dolphins give up so much yardage to the running back position, and James Robinson's just been on a tear lately. So definitely starting him. Marvin Jones Sr., LaVisca Chenault. You're starting both of those guys, especially with DJ Chark being on IR. It's going to be a big game for them and Trevor Lawrence. And then Dan Arnold. I'm putting him up here. This is Dan Arnold's day. They're starting to incorporate him in the offense. He's getting a lot of targets. This is the Dan Arnold we've been wanting to see with Carolina, and we're going to get it with Jacksonville. So definitely play Dan Arnold with confidence. I think he has a decent game. And uh, that pretty much sums up this one. Again, England, early morning, Sunday. You set your alarm to wake up early in the morning to watch some really two really bad teams play against each other. But it's football, so who's complaining? Definitely not this guy. I got my backpack full of recaps, and I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Miz the Wiz Maltabon Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back at it in a couple days to preview week six, at least the rest of the games. Give you our stars of the week. Give you my FanDuel lineup. But in the meantime, you can follow us on any podcast application, Apple, Spotify, Google, all of them. Like us, rate us, review us. We appreciate them all, and uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers.